The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, you got the weak link Pooty and Pastor Nate. As I went with the full name today, not just a little bit, the whole title, Re- the Reverend Pastor Nate. You're feeling very formal today. Very formal. Well, I'm in a t-shirt. You're I don't a have a doctorate, shirt. so I can't be like Aaron Rock and be like, Dr. Reverend, uh, you know, I, you, I got none of that. You should probably work on that, eh? Yeah, well, P's as good as I get now, Pastor. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Uh, and, I don't, and the best part is that church, I don't even say that to you. I'm just no. like, Nate. Most like, people don't, which is fine. I don't, I don't like it when it's like pastor. Feels weird. I, I, find it, I find it always funny when people refer to you in conversation, like not when they're talking to you, but they're like, and Pastor Nate said this. Be like, yeah. like you could have just said Nate there. Like it's, we're not even talking about church stuff. Right? <laughs> like, Generally, it's like the more comfortable people get, the, the more it like goes from like Pastor Nate to P Nate to just Nate. Just and then hopefully it's not like scumbag or something else after that. Hopefully it just stays at Nate. But well, there, you never know. A, you never there's know. A, there's a few. Let's there's a few for sure. No problem. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, we are uh, recording. It's uh, uh, Canada Day this week. So we wanted to actually put out a this recording on Canada Day. So happy Canada Day, everybody. Um, which is a good time also to say that you're uh, likely listening to us on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Canada uh, or for Fight, Laugh, Feast app. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, the Canadian chapter. Uh, and uh, we're there with Dr. Aaron Rock's uh, leadership now and a few others that are in the works. And uh, we're super pumped to be a part of this network. Looking forward actually to the rally. Um, afterwards, Pudi, I got a, an email today from, uh, from them about the rally in uh, Nashville that uh, hopefully we will be at. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that after because I haven't told you yet, but (laughs) that's us. We're here and it's Canada day. So, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit for those of you who are in America. Um, just let us celebrate for a minute. July 1st is Canada day. And, uh, this year in particular, what is this? 154, 154. Your guess is better than mine. Yeah. 154 years of, uh, uh, of Canada as a nation. So here we are. And uh, we wanted to talk about a couple of things because uh, there is a whole whack of liberals in Canada who are calling for the cancellation of Canada Day celebrations. So I just want to like American listeners, because I know uh, generally speaking, uh, would you say that Americans are more patriotic, generally speaking, than Canadians? Oh, 100 um, percent. I would say it's only been in the last four, four years since the 150th birthday birthday of Canada that we even have remotely even celebrated it more than just having the day off. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, 
Like we always, we'll always do like a barbecue or, you know, the stuff like that. Like families will generally get together, but in terms of like big Canada day, you know, attending fireworks and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, places have fireworks. Like we often go down to the local golf course of which our father-in-law, who is much more affluent than us <laughs> is a member. And <laughs> we go and enjoy the, the fireworks there, but like, so there are places, but it's certainly not like America where it's this big, gigantic, everybody's celebrating, everybody's doing their thing. Yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of like the minor leagues to the major leagues in terms of celebrations. <laughs> America does everything so big and so great. Right. And then like, we're like the, the AAA ball team. Who's like, we also have fireworks, but like we're on a, we're on a tight budget. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't be a, popping just... champagne in the locker room guys. Sparkling water will suffice. <laughs> like, don't, don't blow the budget here. We have to give yeah. our money away to all these other nations. Yeah. We're like, uh, we're like, Hey, can we get like a snowbird to fly up overhead? Whereas in America, it's like, can we get a whole fleet of F-15s to come and probably shoot some missiles? Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny. I went to a, this is a totally off topic story, but just to demonstrate the difference. Um, I'm a big, I'm actually a big American football fan um, for any of our American listeners. So don't, don't think we all just watch hockey. I don't like hockey. I like football. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's the, not to the Americans. Um, anyway, <laughs> I went to a Michigan football, football game. I've been to lots of football games, but um, I remember the first time I went with somebody who had never been to a football game before um, to the Wolverine stadium. So in Ann Arbor, Michigan, 113,000 people um, there. And like, just as a regular season game, not even the kickoff game of the season, it was like game three versus like Eastern Eastern Michigan, which is like a really like a no mark kind of uh, uh, football team. Um, and like before the game, they had fly over a five F one fifty five F one fifty jets, like twenty one good salute for college hundreds football. Of, oh yeah, man, hundreds of people on the field, like the whole nine yards, the whole city shut down. And I was, and I remember sitting there and the guy who I was with, who doesn't really know anything about football is like, Oh, is this the championship game? And I'm like, no, this is just like game three of the regular season. And he was blown away. He's like, look at all the stuff. Like he was just blown away by the, like the big, <laughs> look at the fighter jets. Like, look at all this. And I'm just like, this is just, this is just America. America does everything big and then bigger in Texas. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, I don't know, like Iowa, you know what I mean? Like we're, we kind of get involved, but like, not really like, right. I just well, killed everybody in Iowa by, by the way. Yeah. Yes, you did. Well, um, so, but it is Canada Day. And even in our small, pathetic Canadian way of celebration, there will be fireworks, there will be barbecues, there will be copious amounts of um, uh, meat eaten. And, uh, and, and probably Molson Canadian and Labatt Blue beer consumed. Um, so, Not by us, though, because we have taste. That's a very good point. But all that to say, um, it is Canada Day and we are celebrating. And so what we wanted to kind of do today was talk a little bit because um, there's a bit of tension. So like I said, um, before we went on the, uh, the long um, meandering <laughs> bunny trail, was uh, that there are many liberals in Canada that are calling for the cancellation of any sort of celebration for Canada Day. And the reason they're doing that is because of um, the residential school situation. So um, for those of you who don't know, um, just kind of, I guess, a, a, a news article point, actually, I'll pull up. Um, do you want to Google, um, just pull up like a CBC News article on the uh, on the Can Loops? Um, this is how organized we are. <laughs> While I'm talking, do you want to pull up like the Cam Loops uh, 
um, residential school finding. And uh, once you have an article, just uh, let me know and, and you can get on it. But basically, the because of the residential school um, scandal, I guess we'll call it, that's certainly what they're calling it in the news, um, because of some of the mistreatment of the Indigenous population here in Canada, uh, recent discoveries, uh, they are calling for why would we celebrate? And I mean, this this is really is um, part and parcel with the cancel culture that we've we talk about all the time on this show. But we've watched uh, you Americans have watched them pull down um, statues of Gen- General Lee and all kinds of Civil War heroes and uh, all kinds of slave owners who did great things who happened to own slaves, and so their their portraits were taken down. Recently, Sir Johnny Macdonald, who is sort of the father of Confederacy, the first Prime Minister of Canada, um, a bunch of his stuff was vandalized because of his. Um, um, uh, I guess, involvement in these residential schools. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? you have an article up there, Chris? I do. I do. Okay. Um, so you want me to talk about the schools? Yeah, just, just give us a quick news article, just so that the, the listeners kind of get an idea of what the flavor of the month is here for why the Liberals are calling for the cancellation of Canada Day. Yeah, so basically what's happened is there's been uh, some schools, mostly out west, um, so like yeah. universities and some public schools. British, um, British Columbia. And- yeah, that have had a, that basically, um, tragically, they've had like unmarked graves of, of kids who have been basically, um, obviously put to death. Um, and they found the, these unmarked marked graves. It's about 1,300 kids over like a 50-year period, um, which doesn't lessen the tragedy. It's a, it's a tragedy, obviously. Um, but what what's kind of happened is like we, we said this a few weeks ago what's happened with this though is that everybody is looped like lumped onto a tragedy and, and rather than like rather than deal with the issue at hand they've politicized what the what the problem is and so right now everybody's calling for Canada Day to be cancelled not everybody but a large mar- part of our media like CBC and some other pl- places are calling for a candidate to be canceled because we can't celebrate a country that uh, has allowed this to happen um, and they want us to like focus on our real um, the real history of Canada which is in their words um, basically systematic racism towards um, the indigenous people um, and they want us to focus on that and basically have a day rather than a day of celebrating Canada's history a day of mourning for Canada um, which in one way I kind of agree with we should be mourning where our country is right now but not for that reason. Well, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. So like we're, we're stuck with attention. I think everybody's stuck with attention, right? So um, if you're, if you're kind of um, into this idea of cancel culture and dragging up the sins of the past and, uh, and pointing fingers at it and calling for modern day repentance for, um, for past evils, then you're wanting to sort of cancel or subdue the celebrations of Canada day because of these uh, residential schools um, and if you are uh, maybe conservative, if you are um, Christian, then you recognize that this is a Canada Day where, uh, once again, um, Tim Stevens is, is in prison for another marker. He was in prison for uh, his uh, 14-year anniversary uh, for Father's Day. And here's Canada Day where uh, his seven children and his wife don't get to celebrate with their father, with their husband. And so, um, so I, I think there's some tension on both sides. And since we are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast network, uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the idea of celebration and feasting and, uh, and that sort of thing while mourning. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so first of all, 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the residential schools. I would just point, because we're going to touch on this very, very briefly. Um, I would just point you, um, Dr. Aaron Rock, uh, Dr. Reverend Aaron Rock from the Leadership Now podcast uh, in the Fight, Laugh, Feast Canada uh, branch of the network. Uh, he did a great episode on the residential schools, and I think uh, he kind of hit the nail on the head. Also, our friend, Dr. Joe Boot from the Ezra Institute um, on the podcast for Cultural Reformation did a great episode on the residential schools as well. I would just encourage if you want something a little bit more pervasive, go and talk, uh, go in and consume that content. Um, here's what I'll say about the residential schools. Number one, um, there is a great essay online, not an essay, sorry. It's, it's actually a, uh, an archaeological paper that's written um, by Dr. Scott Hamilton. He's a Canadian archaeologist and historian. Uh, and so again, that's Dr. Scott Hamilton. And his paper that he published for the public, which is based on his academic paper, is called Where Are the Children Buried? And you can find this free online. You can read it. I think it's a 73-page report, so it's it's a bit lengthy. But if you're really concerned, if you're a Christian who's really concerned about this stuff, I would encourage you to go and read that. Um, first of all, it says that there are a lot of reasons for the deaths at these residential schools. We ought not to immediately believe the, um, the media narrative, which is that these um, churches are responsible and the Catholic Church systematically put Indigenous children to death. I don't think that um, there's evidence enough for us to believe that this was some sort of mass genocide. Um, I think the abuses of the residential schools, there are testimonies from survivors. I think certainly um, there were abuses. Um, I think there was abuse done. I think that the whole system itself was a very bad system. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, so I'm not downplaying the, the uh, tragedy of the existence of these schools, but I am saying this was not mass genocide. This was not the church systematically putting savages to death, as has been suggested by the mainstream media. There's a couple things to understand. Number one, uh, the timing of many of these graves, as they look and they do uh, reports on uh, the, 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 the dating uh, of these bones and that sort of thing, of these remains, um, puts it right in time for Spanish flu and uh, outbreaks of tuberculosis, which were going through uh, Canada at the time. And so a lot of these children likely died because of poor conditions at the schools of tuberculosis and of the Spanish flu. And so these mass graves, um, again, there's evidence that these children were buried not together, but separately, um, you know, cross gravestones, wooden crosses deteriorate over time. I don't think the church was trying to hide these grave sites in any way. Uh, schools move, and there's lots of evidence that the school out in Canloops, where this was found, uh, had moved several times between the time of the, the death of these children. So I look at all that and just say, don't immediately believe the, the government or the, the media narrative. Go and do your own research. Now, that said, I'm not downplaying um, the mistreatment and the abuse that was going on at these schools. But here's the funny thing is that you have the, the federal government and the mainstream media who are very, very quick to lay the responsibility of this at the foot of the, the church. And I would just say this was a federal government program. 
This is the, the, the federal government's agency of Indian affairs put the residential schools together and it was the federal government who planned to do this. The church stepped in simply to volunteer because they didn't have the manpower to do it. And I think that there was probably a lot of well-meaning nuns and priests who were there who did good, um, but without the resources, without the oversight of the federal government. And let's not forget, COVID exposed immense abuses and immense uh, neglect uh, that was happening at long-term care facilities that were run by the government, the federal government here in Canada just the, the past couple of years. The point here is that whatever the government does, they generally do poorly. Our, our schools are in bad shape, terrible shape. Our, our uh, hospitals are in terrible shape. Um, the long-term care facilities are in terrible shape. Anything that the government touches, they tend to ruin, especially when they are reaching outside of their sphere, of their God or de delegated authority. So the government has never been given authority over education. And these government schools, these residential schools are further evidence that when the government gets involved, horrible things happen. So it's interesting that the sort of action point or the application point coming out of this is the church must repent for the evils done at the residential schools. And certainly there was Christian culpability and those individuals will be held accountable. We have all kinds of issues with the idea of, of repenting for the past sins. Um, I think it's Ezekiel 18.20 that says that the, uh, the, uh, the, the son will not atone for the sins of the father and the father will not atone for the sins of the son. Each will stand before God and give, uh, give uh, and be punished for his own sin. So the idea that we can somehow uh, repent for our, you know, people of similar skin color or Christians in generations past uh, I don't think that that's a biblical concept. We can certainly sympathize and we can certainly do all that we can to care for the indigenous population now. Um, so I kind of went on a bit of a tirade there, but I, I think the point here is that the application of this is the government is to blame for this, not the church. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on. And in that little mini rant, I would... <laughs> um, sermonette maybe I, don't know. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, I, I think i think you're spot on i think the, the the what i was trying to get at when i said about like they've politicized these events is is not that is not in any way shape or form to say that there isn't christians and there weren't people that were in um in charge of school who were culpable for something that went that went wrong but there's this idea that we've we've latched onto recently i would say in the last six five six years it's become like since cancel culture has become a thing um whereas like we now need to hold an entire group responsible for every, right. for the actions That's of individ, right. individuals. And honestly, right now in Canada, um, the political climate and then just the, the cultural climate so much is that the church is, a, is an easy stick to beat to yeah, be beaten right totally. now. Um, I've seen multiple Facebook comments. I, I can't I can't bring them up at the moment, but um, where people have said, don't cancel Canada Day, cancel the church. Yeah. And like there's a there's a growing sentiment in Ontario, there's a growing sentiment across the country that the church is just systematically evil in it, in itself. You know what I mean? And which is just fundamentally one fundamentally wrong. Right. Um, like particularly when we think about Canada's history, we're going to see that Christianity has played a large part in what's good in the country or what was good in the country um, previously. But um, there's this idea that we need to cancel the church because of an uh, of an incidence of a few individuals. That's like a saying we need to cancel a government because one politician has you know done something done done something wrong right like right. um it's not I'm, we're not calling and i want to be very clear so that anybody who's listening isn't 
isn't hearing what we're not saying, we're, we're all for punishing the people who are responsible. Absolutely. Whether they're the priests, yeah. the nuns, or the government and the politicians. Yeah. What we're against is the idea that the government or the people who are in charge of these of these schools shouldn't be held held accountable and only the church. And then therefore, the church currently should be held accountable for things that happened 40, 40 years ago with right. totally different people in charge. It's the idea of like, um, we've all probably seen that meme where it's like two little girls one white, one Chinese say blaming her for slavery is like blaming the little Chinese girl for Chinese, Japanese girl for Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Yes. And it's like, we all recognize that's, that's ridiculous. Nobody should do that. But that's what's happening in, in our culture. We're, yeah. we're being held accountable for things that we had nothing to do with. Right. right. Like, um, yeah. So, blaming, blaming a, a Protestant church in 2021 for um, the residential schools um, that took place 100 years ago under the purview of the federal government and um, uh, through the volunteer, uh, I guess, manpower of the Catholic Church is is a bit ridiculous. Um, and, and like I said, if anything, the, the lesson here, because what happened in the residential schools was essentially that the, the federal government said that they did not believe that the indigenous parents we're doing a good enough job raising their children and educating their children to be good, productive members of society. And so they took the, the indigenous children from their parents and put them in government facilities in order to educate them and make them better citizens. So that, because by what they're saying essentially is that the ideology of the federal government usurps the ideology of the parents, right? No, don't teach them how to ice fish. Don't teach them about your native heritage or your culture. Um, we want you to teach them about Canadian values so that they can become productive members of this new growing Canadian um, you know, uh, nation. Um, so if anything, the lesson here is the government does not know better than parents how to raise children. And, and what's interesting is that people who do not think critically, who just take in the media's narrative, are all for canceling the church when, when really the, the, most, the, the, the greatest comparison right now is all of this um, um, conversion therapy, LGBT um, uh, ideology that's being taught in public schools now, right? It, and, and increasingly is taking the rights of parents away from raising their own children. Um, that's, that's where this modern day, the root sin is still present in the modern day, but it has to do with the government wanting to take children who identify in the LGBT spectrum away from Christian conservative parents who won't um, coddle them in the government's ideology. Like that's, that's the most translatable one-to-one -one example of how the, the sin of the residential schools is still alive and well in the ethos of Canada today. Amen. So, um, yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. So, so that's all we want to say about that. Uh, but, but this, this gets us to this idea that um, do we forego celebrating Canada day? Do we forego feasting and celebrations when it's uh, supposed to be a time of, of mourning. Um, what are your thoughts on that just in general, Chris, as I, as I say that, like, 
So whether you are upset about the residential schools or whether you are upset about Tim Stevens being in prison or whether you are upset about fundamental freedoms being taken away, whether you're upset about you know, the, the emergency powers and the unprecedented, unchallengeable powers that both Doug Ford as our premier in Ontario or uh, Prime Minister Trudeau have given to themselves through all this, whatever it is that you're uh, vaccinate coerced vaccinations you know vaccination passports i mean there's a zillion things you could be upset about right now in terms of what's going on in our, our country what are your thoughts on canceling celebration or canceling um celebrating the country when the country is where it is yeah i'm not i'm i'm anti-canceling the, uh, the celebration um obviously this is like the idea of like um if you have a cold or you're sick, you don't cancel your birthday. You know what I mean? You might like, you, you might, might invite less people, but you might tone it down, but like, I mean, you, you might just, not blow you know, on the cake and then share. It. <laughs> well, I would, but I mean like, um, but you don't, you don't, you like, it's one of those things. You just don't cancel, cancel these things because of um, circumstances that are, that are happening um, in the area. But like, um, that's just one, like it's a super overreaction, but like on a, on a different level um, we're meant to remember all through the old Testament, God has commanded his people to remember what he has done for them, even remember the bad things that happened. So like, for instance, when they, when they left the, when they left Egypt, they were commanded to remember what God had done them to brought them out of that. But part of remembering is where you have to remember where he, they brought, they were brought from, you know what I mean? Which is to remember that they were in slavery and brought from that. So it's not like the idea of just remember the positive, Mm -hmm. remember everything so that you're not doomed to repeat your history. So if anything, I would say, this Canada Day, if we want to avoid repeating the same sins over and over and over again in our culture, we should celebrate, celebrate and feast even harder and remember the tragedy, the tragedy that had happened. Um, and, you know, celebrate that we can, that we are in a position that we can, you know, remember that and have it not happen again. Another thing I would, I would say is that um, we're like, I think there's, I think there's a, how do I say this? I think there's a, a backwards mentality that too many Christians in North America specifically have, and it all stems from dispensational, like eschatology, the idea that this isn't our home, that we're not going to be here forever, right. that this 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 world is going to go to go to crap, and we're just we're just passengers, we're we're um, aliens in a in a foreign land type thing. The the idea that the um, the world is not our own. Yeah, no, this is not my home. You know. Yeah, this exactly. Is not my home. I'm just passing through. Exactly. And so like, I look at it and be like, no, we're, we're, we're Christians first, obviously we're, we belong to King Jesus, but we're also, we can also be patriots of our country because this is a land that Christ has left us in to win back. We have a mission. So we are Canadian citizens, but we have, a, we're, we're godly citizens. And our mission here is to win back this country for the gospel. And um, we've been left here for a purpose. So that means if anything, Christians should love this country more than the non-Christian because we know that this is a, a, a country that needs to be brought back under the foot of, foot of Jesus. And how do we do that? We do that by remembering its foundational principles, which were people coming from overseas on missions to win this country for the, for the Lord. And okay. so, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, no, 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 that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a pin in that there because that's where I want to get. But before I do that, I, I just wanted to say something about this idea of, of, of uh, feasting versus mourning or feasting versus fasting. Um, in Daniel chapter nine, uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Daniel is is um, in the middle of um, uh, Passover celebration is going on, 
And Daniel is not participating in the celebratory feasting of Passover. Instead, we see in verse 3 of Daniel chapter 9, I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleased for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And so what's going on in Daniel chapter 9 is Daniel is reading the book of Jeremiah. He's praying with his Bible open to Jeremiah. And he's reading the prophecies of, of Jeremiah about how after 70 years of exile, it's going to be time to go back to, uh, to Jerusalem, to you know, the promised land. And uh, he recognizes that that 70 years is, is, is about up. And, uh, and so he's wondering, like, God, when are you going to restore Jerusalem? When are you going to restore our land? And because he recognizes that the reason they have not been restored yet is because of their sin, because Daniel chapter 9, before it gets into all of the, the, the prophecy that everybody loves, um, there's the, uh, the prayers of repentance and, uh, and recognizing that he and his people have sinned so grievously against the Lord. And so he's, he's repenting, he's fasting, he's in sackcloth and ashes. Well, there's a Passover feast going on. I think there is time and there is times when it's appropriate for us in mourning to fast and to forego celebration during a time of mourning. And certainly we could be mourning right now about the state of Canada, but I agree. So I put that, but then I agree with everything you just said, Chris, the idea that um, I think we have to have a permanency in our view of Canada. And I think that what we ought to do is to celebrate the foundation and celebrate God's promises to Christians. So one of the things that I think of, yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, I think there's, I think, um, I think there's a difference between um, part, like not partaking in a, in a fast at a morning and a, and a fasting to try to change something. And I like, I think like if people, if the, if our culture was calling for a fast and a, and a, and a, a time of like, let's fast on Canada day to change this nation. I'd be all for it, but that's right. not what they're calling. They're, that's not what they're calling for. They're calling for us to be ashamed. Exactly, so. exactly. And I think so. Like in our church, participated. We actually did have a, a sort of nationwide time, a week of fasting and prayer. Um, that many of the the churches, including uh, pa- Pastor Aaron Rock, uh, Jacob Rayom, Michael Thiessen, Joe Boot, uh, James Coates, uh, Tim Stevens. It was actually when James Coates was in prison. Uh, back in uh, in the winter, when uh, when we had this week of solemn assembly, prayer, and fasting, um, I think that's absolutely appropriate. One of the, one of the the passages that came to our mind at that time was from Revelation chapter two, when when uh, Christ is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he says. Um, Uh, Starting in verse four of chapter two, he says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. The lampstand we know from the end of chapter one, uh, Jesus is is seen there, a vision of, of the resurrected Jesus is there walking amongst the lampstands. And so the lampstands are the presence of God, the spirit of God. And so when he's looking at the church in Ephesus, what he's saying is, you started off great. You loved me. You followed me. But you have fallen a great distance. And remember the heights from which you have fallen. If you don't repent and turn back, then um, I'm going to remove my presence from you. So I, I, I read that passage because I think one of the things that many Christians uh, don't actually know and they should know 
is the great rich Christian heritage that Canada has. I know that a lot of the um, American uh, listeners that we have, a lot of American Christians know a little bit about the Christian history of America. Um, but uh, I, I would say Canada actually even has a more robust, uh, more evangelical, more uh, reformed uh, Christian heritage. And, um, you know, even Samuel de Champlain, who was one of the explorers who is, you know, credited with founding Canada, um, in his memoirs, he actually stated that when he saw the people in Canada, quote, living without God and without religion, I, uh, I should be committing a great sin if I did not make it my business to devise some means of bringing them to the knowledge and to the fear of God, end quote. So um, the, the, those who founded Canada and, and those who um, forged uh, Canada in the early years, and certainly those who would be considered the, um, the fathers of confederation, like Samuel Leonard Tilly, for example, um, very, very devout Christians. Um, I'll, I'll just a very quick history lesson of Samuel Leonard Tilly. Um, he is the one who's actually credited with the name of Canada, um, when the Fathers of the Confederation were coming together and bringing the, uh, the provinces together under the Confederacy of Canada, it was him, and uh, apparently he was reading his uh, devotions in, uh, in the backyard of uh, his cousin's house, and uh, he was reading Psalm 72. And uh, as he was reading Psalm 72 there, and he got to the idea that, um, you know, uh, the Messiah Christ would have dominion from sea to sea to the ends of the earth, um, he kind of made it his, his mission to, uh, to make sure that the name Dominion, um, pointing back to San Psalm 72, made it into the name. And that's why the official name of Canada is the Dominion of Canada. And according to him, uh, he says that God spoke to him that one day um, that uh, Christ would be exalted um, from the North Pole to the United States and from sea to sea, he would have dominion. And so that's where the Dominion of Canada even came into uh, effect. Leonard Tilly, interestingly, um, so he was um, a, uh, a devout Christian man. Uh, he had eight children with his first wife. Uh, so fruitful multiplication, he understands the Dominion mandate, folks. Uh, and then uh, his wife actually died, uh, left him a widower with eight children. He remarried and he had two more children with his, uh, with his second wife. Um, he was a, uh, a very uh, strong Christian who uh, continually fought to make sure that God's law was the basis for all laws being passed in the newly formed Confederacy of Canada. Um, and uh, he was a, a part of the um, St. John Young Men's uh, Debating Society in 1842. Uh, he was responsible for uh, much of the early education of uh, what they would do as community schools uh, that were uh, not done by the government, by the way, done by the church. Uh, very, very influential. He actually wrote one of the early books that was used as the, um, the primer, the, the religion primer um, for the, uh, the kids at the school, uh, at the church schoolhouse. Um, anyway, very, very solid Christian man, uh, Leonard Tilly was. And, uh, and just to kind of read some of this stuff for you, <clears throat> the, um, uh, in the Canada Bill of Rights, uh, which was amended from what Samuel Leonard Tilly had actually written, um, but, uh, but in, uh, was, was kind of codified in 1960, 
Um, it says the Parliament of Canada affirming that the Canadian nation was founded upon the principles that acknowledge first and foremost the supremacy of God in all things, the dignity and the worth of the human person and the position of the family in a society of free men. <laughs> how's, that, how's that land on your ears, Chris? Um, you know, uh, the nation of Canada founded on the principles that acknowledge the supremacy of God in all things, the dignity and the worth of the human person, and the position of the family in a society of free men. Right now, Canada doesn't seem like a society of free men. It seems like a society that does not uphold the position of the family. Uh, certainly with our views on abortion, we don't uh, see the dignity or worth of a human person, and we certainly don't acknowledge the supremacy of God in all things. So how does that land on your ears, Chris? Yeah, I was I was basically going to say exactly what you just said. This like it's almost it's almost a hundred percent opposite of what of what Canada would say we stand for now. Um, we're we're anti-family, um, or rather anti what the Bible would say family is. If you if you want to even just take it that that far, um, we don't believe in the supremacy of God. The the in our country, um, Trudeau has multiple times referred to the fact that he is basically sovereign over Canada, yeah, and so he yeah. we we now believe in the sovereignty of the state, not not of man. And um, we don't we don't believe in the sanctity of of men at all. Um, as like we we talked about, we're in Canada right now. We're being forced um, not to put. We almost made an entire episode about bringing up COVID or vaccines, but like we're being we're being forced to do things that are against our will in this country. And we see people who are defending and fighting for the original mandate of Canada, Canada being persecuted, put down, as we were talking about earlier, churches and like Steve, Steve, uh, Tim Stevens is in jail right now for doing what the founding principles of Canada declare him to be able to do. It's terrible. The original statement, though, I'm like, I'm like. Glorious and free. Our land is awesome, but too bad we're not like that anymore. So seriously, I, I want to read one more quote from uh, Leonard Tilly here, and he said, um, uh, "Proverbs fourteen thirty four states that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Let it be clear that the nation of Canada, where Christ ought to have dominion." will only soar as high as our righteousness as a nation exalts. And our righteousness is by necessity connected to the only righteous man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And unless we acknowledge him as the primary supreme of the dominion of Canada, we should not hope that God would bless our nation. But insofar as we do bless the son, the father will surely bless this nation <laughs> what do you think tilly's doing right now <laughs> well right rolling now he's over in his grave yeah that was the thing you could if you could roll over in your grave he would be rolling over in his, in a, in his if grave he wasn't soul sleeping yeah. Just throwing that in. Oh, what do they mean by that? Oh, we're gonna have to do another episode. One, one episode we'll do about the I call it the zap theory, you call it soul sleeping, but yeah. it's the same thing. Um zap theory is a way worse term for it, but I like it. Um, yeah. anyway, that's totally side note. Ask us about us, we'll talk about that. Um I, I think like the Tilly quotes bang on, right? Um you could you could apply that to our nation, you could apply that to individual families, you could apply that to individuals. You you will only ever be as successful as as the amount that you put Christ on the throne of your life. Okay. Um, I hate that. I really hate that terminology. Put Christ on the in the primary like, but 
the Bible talks about the fact that like we 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 should never have idols and we ascribe worth to the only thing that's worth anything, which is Christ, right? So Amen. the more we do that in our life, the more we submit to his authority in all things, work, family, church, government, every every asset of our of our lives, the more we submit um to Christ's lordship over those things, the better it's gonna go. Um there's a reason, there's a reason. That quote, uh, I don't know who it's attributed. Let's say it was Tilly as well, um, even though it's probably not. It's probably Ed, it's Ed Little, uh, Ed Littleton <laughs> or whatever, who said, uh, um, when you see a Bible that's falling apart, it belongs to somebody who isn't. There's right. a reason that 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 uh, quote is a truism, is because of the fact that the more we we put Christ on the throne of our lives, the better off we will we will be in all aspects. Um, because at the end at the end of the day, like. The Bible has an answer for everything that 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 comes up, and I know there's somebody sitting there being like, "What about this random situation?" And be like, "Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go into every single situation, but the principles that are taught taught throughout Scripture permeate everything that we will that we will deal with." And so there is an answer. And the, like the beautiful thing about the Bible and putting Christ on your in the prominent place of your life is it it takes the pressure off of you to be the one that has to make all the all the hard choices we have a guidebook you know what i mean and we can be led by somebody who isn't going to lead us into any kind of hardship isn't the right word but like hardship that we create we're gonna things are gonna go rough for us right now or gonna go rough at certain times for sure but ultimately everything everything will work out for our for our good and for his in his glory so yeah that's right and that till he he closed glorious by the way yeah it is i know so, so I mean that's um, so that brings us back to Revelation two. Remember the height from which you've fallen. When we look at that, and we recognize that right now uh, over Canada Day, we have Tim Stevens in jail. We have uh, Arthur Pulowski likely uh, spending some time in jail in the very near future. Um, we have me and several other Canadian pastors with pending court dates, with hundreds of thousands of dollars and years in prison pending. Um, it might be easy for us to say, man, there's nothing to celebrate on Canada Day. But Chris and I would like to make a, a, a case for why you should feast on Canada Day, why you should barbecue and swim and, uh, and congregate and celebrate and laugh together. Um, the reason we think you should is because despite what's going on, Despite what our eyes can see, um, God has spoken, and what God has said is that one day the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth, earth as the waters cover the sea. In other words, um, the story of Canada has already been written. Christ wins, and Canada will one day bow. And we're in a Psalm 2 situation now where Justin Trudeau is not bowing, O oh, rulers of the earth. He is not being wise. He is not honoring the sun. Um, but nonetheless, the reason we celebrate Canada Day is because those of us who have eyes of faith can see what Canada will be when the knowledge of the glory of God truly stretches from sea to sea and Christ does have dominion from sea to sea. And, uh, you know, what comes to my mind, obviously, is Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk uh, is asking God, he's looking at the wickedness in Judah, and he's saying, you know, how long, O Lord, are you going to allow violence and destruction and lawlessness 
uh, to go forth. How long will the wicked surround the righteous? How long will justice go perverted? And God answers him, and he says in verse 5, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. And here's the thing about Habakkuk, and that's, of course, Habakkuk 2.14 is where uh, uh, God, um, God eventually tells Habakkuk that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, but what he's setting up is remember that Habakkuk dies with Babylon on the horizon. The Babylonians, the Chaldeans come, crush Judah, and drag the people off into exile, and we get the story of the book of Daniel. Um, so Habakkuk, even though he's comforted by the words of God that one day the, the knowledge of glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, which includes Judah, which includes Israel. Um, but uh, for us, we might be like Habakkuk, who dies not having seen what Canada will become. Or, you know, we might end up being uh, like the Nehemiahs and the Ezras who go back to restore the places. Um, or we might be the people who bring and usher in um, through the proclamation of the gospel and the, and the um, uh, empowering uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see the gospel go forth and cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. But the reality is that you read Hebrews 11 and you have all these men of faith and women of faith who die not having seen the fulfillment of the promises. So why do we feast on Canada Day? Not because of what Canada was. We can certainly celebrate what it sorry, what it is, we can certainly celebrate what it was, but ultimately we celebrate Canada Day because we know what Canada will one day be, and that is a nation under Christ. And, uh, and whether we see that in our lifetime, uh, we do know this for sure, that he's using the faithfulness in our days to bring about those purposes, whether it leads to more persecution and the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church, or if, uh, if these are the days where uh, God will vindicate his righteous men who stand up against tyranny and God will uh, do a great work slaying the enemies like he did in front of Hezekiah. So that's why we should celebrate on Canada Day. Right, Chris? Amen. That was great. That's perfect. So um, I would say like the, an application point was like, if you're a Christian listening to this, be, um, I think it was Joe Boot actually who said one time, the sign of, a Christ, of Christian maturity is to be willing to plant a seed of a tree and that you won't, you'll never sit under the shade of in your in your life because it'll grow and eventually somebody else will. Um, so if you're a Christian right now, um, be the, be the kind of person who's out there planting the seeds, not worrying about results. God's in the results business. We're in the obedience business. Um, so let's get back to being obedient and doing what uh, God has called us to do um, and celebrate Canada Day to the to the best of our our your ability. Because like Nate said, one day this will be a land that bows to to King Jesus. Um, like it was supposed to in the beginning, but it will one day because we know that um, the glories of the Lord will cover the whole earth like the waters cover the sea, which I think Nate has tattooed on his forehead somewhere. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the meek will inherit Canada, and uh, and we look forward to that day in faith. So Beauty. happy Canada Day, happy celebrations. Uh, happy 4th of July, you know, coming up for our American friends. And uh, a lot of what we said applies uh, to America as well. So hopefully we all celebrate like post-millennial Christians looking ahead to the glory um, that, uh, that God has promised. Amen. You want to sign us off there, Chris? Yeah, I'm just going to say, 
I like 10 bucks says that uh, we'll do our Canada Day episode and then cross politic will come out with their their 4th of July July episode and theirs will be bigger and more bells and whistles <laughs> just cuz it's America and Canada. Yeah, that's um, right. That's just the way this yeah, will they'll work. They'll be they'll be eating on air. They'll be like, you <laughs> know, turkey legs and Knox mouth. <laughs> Toby Sumter and Knox will get into a scrap just so it's fight laugh and feast and they'll have a good yeah, laugh. Yeah, that's right. All in one episode. <laughs> that's, right. So, that's right. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry, guys. You um, know what we should do? You know what we should do? So here, I'm just going to throw this out there. Remember, like one of our very first episodes ever, we did the pastor's draft. Yes. I mean, that was years and years ago, and I'm sure our picks would be so different now. But uh, we should do like a, a fight, laugh, feast draft where we draft all the podcasters in the network and like basically assign what we think their value is and just defend everybody. I would go last. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, no, the only reason I wouldn't go last is because there's people who just don't do it anymore and we would still include them just yeah. so that I wouldn't go last. Uh, but that's going to be great. Pastor Chef was um, hilarious, but if anybody needs a recap, I picked Doug Wilson in the first round, so I'd stick with yeah, mine. Yeah, you did. I'd yeah, stick did. with mine. Anyway, um, have a great All one, right. guys. Happy Canada Day. Uh, we are the yep. Rebels. You can find us on basically everything, um, but particularly the Fight Laugh Peace Canada um, feed and stream. So have a great one, guys. See ya.